Okay. Well, hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Things That Matter with Marty McNabb. As many of you are well aware at this point, I have been fascinated with the stories that get attached to the things that we keep. As you can see behind me in my Zoom and those of you who are listening, I'm just going to say we have like ribbons, we've got a teddy bear, we've got, of course, mugs. My goodness, my mother and I have a, what a collection of mugs. Of course, photographs, but we also have concert tickets and um, and uh, cards from hotel, uh, I mean, hotel cards to get in, but now, you know, the old keys that they used to have for motels, um, we've got that, lockets and aprons, both for cooking and also for making art and hats and you name it. We have all of these things. We surround ourselves with all of these things. We adorn ourselves with things and we wear jewelry. We have things around us all the time and they tell little bits of stories about ourselves and they can inform other people about the things that matter to us by these things. This is what I found in the 25 years of um, being a personal historian and legacy artist is that we hold on to things because they have stories. And that's, that's you know, the old saying is things don't matter. And I agree, but it's the stories that get attached to these things that matter. And that's what this program is all about. So I have the great pleasure of inviting my guest today, Elizabeth Lenhair, who I met, who also goes by Beth, by the way, but um, I had the, the great pleasure of meeting her this past summer at Camp Indy. As many of you who've been listening, you are familiar with that because I've talked about it with several of my guests already. But this is a community of people who love traveling, who love um, meeting new people, cult different learning new cultures, exploring different food, um, folklore, you name it. Just love everything about travel and connecting with fellow travelers on the road, the journey of exploring our lives and exploring this beautiful world that we have. So I was delighted when um, Beth had told me that she would like to come on and be one of my guests because she has some exciting things. And the best part is that she told me about a, um, a piece of, uh, fabric, I guess, I'm going to start off with that, that has a important part of her life story woven in into it to an extent. So I am delighted to turn the stage over to Elizabeth and have you tell your, show your, which I can see over your shoulder, but you can, uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My <laughs> Vanna. <laughs> Your Vanna White moment. Um, so I will uh, turn the stage over to you and let you share the story of the thing that matters. 
Thank you so much, Marty. And that was such a beautiful segue about the material and my story woven in. Kind of wish I'd thought of that myself, but thank you for that. Um, yeah, when I met you at Camp Indy and learned about what you do, I was just blown away because I love connecting. I love sharing story and learning about other people's stories. And so um, when you put a call out to say, hey, does anyone want to come on the podcast? Yeah, I jumped on it quickly because I love what you do. And um, I loved watching through your older episodes. And now I'm excited to be here to share a little bit of my story and, um, and share and tell some of my <laughs> prized possessions. Um, so oh. like many other Camp Indy folks, um, you know, I've been an untethered soul most of my adult life. I've moved around a lot. I've traveled a lot. Um, and it's, it was very cool at Camp Indy to meet other like-minded folks who are jazzed and psyched up about all the same things I'm jazzed and psyched up about. And so I thought, what a perfect place to share this story um, with other like-minded folks. So what I have laid out behind me are my prized possessions, my saris from my time that I lived in Mauritius. So when I was um, 26, about to turn 27 um, years old, I moved from middle America to the island of Mauritius in the Indian Ocean for a job opportunity. And, um, you know, I grew up in rural Kansas in, in a pretty Catholic community. And most people around me looked like me and had similar ethnic backgrounds and similar religious beliefs. And um, it's still home. It's still, you know, where I'm proud to be from. But it was kind of flipping my whole world on its head when I moved to Mauritius yeah. and I had moved around the country a little bit. I had traveled around the States a little bit. Um, but for the most part, this was my big first adventure and my saris are my prized possession because one of my first memories of arriving in Mauritius was just overwhelm of all of my senses First of all, the waft of humid air hitting my face when I walked out of the airport. <laughs> um, but the colors are so vibrant and gorgeous and the food is so incredibly delicious. Chinese, African, Indian fusion cuisine, which was like nothing I'd ever tasted and still today I miss it. Ironically, yesterday marked 14 years since I left that island. Um, one of the saddest days of my life actually and um, I just happened to see that on a memory, Google memory yesterday. Totally ironic, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> and the the colors, the food, but I also remember the smells, like it, everywhere was beautiful incense burning or all the spices that they use in their cooking. And so just thinking back about Mauritius, I it engages all of my senses. And I remember, um, just how full my heart was from the second I got there. There really wasn't much of an adjustment period for me. I fell in love immediately. And these saris represent memories from different weddings that I was invited to, of friends that took me in as family in my two years on the island, um, Diwali or cavity festivals that we attended. You can maybe also see, hopefully, um, that I laid out some of the jewelry that I still have. Yeah. So. Um, Yes. You know, bendies that are connected. Oh, this wow. stuff, I never owned anything like this in the States, but I always found it really gorgeous and kind of wished I could pull it off. 
<laughs> and so living in Mauritius gave me the opportunity to really dig into their culture and um, the people I got to know there just loved it. They loved helping me wrap a sari. They loved putting Indian jewelry on me. And, and I think they appreciated how much I genuinely loved it too. Yeah. So this was a really unique cultural exchange for me. I learned a lot about the Hindu faith. I learned a lot about um, the different sects of Hinduism that existed in Mauritius. And I learned a lot about the Muslim faith. And I was able to share some about my Catholic upbringing with my friends there in a very peaceful and curious manner. And it was probably some of the most beautiful cultural exchange I've ever had through food, religion, and um, clothing. Um, maybe I would just say uh, fashion. Oh. I felt like a princess every time I got to wear my uh, Mauritian clothing and jewelry. Um, and so what's interesting is these are some of my prized possessions, not only because I remember the festivals and the friends and the weddings, but also because these saris, which as I wrote you, they they live in a old comforter bag. Uh -huh. So when I return, it's just too bulky to, to show on the podcast. So I thought I'll lay out the saris. It's much yeah. more beautiful anyway. Yes. But when I got home, my mom said, how are you going to preserve all these things? They're so beautiful. And I didn't have a plan like I normally don't in my life. And she said, well, here, let's put them in this comforter bag that's two layers deep. So I have a whole double decker comforter bag, um, you know, the plastic with the zipper that yeah. these live in primarily. And I don't, I don't get them out often enough. And um, this comforter bag that I moved from house to house over the last 14 years yeah. It represents so much of my coming of age, which sounds kind of interesting because I was 26 years old, 27, but I learned so much about myself. And this was the beginning of my um, journey of self-exploration. Who am I? Who do I want to be? What do I want to do? I, it was the first time I ever thought about my Americanism. It was the first time I ever thought about my privilege um, what, what I represent as a white female American. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I, I never felt I had to think about that before. Um, and it kind of flipped my world on its head, like I said earlier, but in the best possible way. And, um, leaving Mauritius felt, you know, I told you it was one of the saddest days of my life. And I think it was because, um, it ripped away this sense of, freedom and growth and transformation that I had experienced just from being there and embedding myself in a completely new culture. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. And they are so colorful and just, just gorgeous. Every single one. I would love to see a picture of you wearing <laughs> one some sometime maybe you can send that absolutely and that to the podcast as well I will for sure okay. last summer I was lucky enough to attend a wedding of a good friend from Mauritius who now lives in Scotland and I was so excited to bring out my saris and um, carry them over to Scotland with me and talk about the cultural exchange there there were people in kilts and then 
um, the us Americans wearing saris and there were Mauritians there. Um, and it was a really beautiful cultural exchange and a, another really great opportunity for me to um, kind of go back in time and remember all of the amazing connections and experiences from that tiny island that I got to call home. Wow. And, and as we, you know, we spoke about previous to uh, this interview, I know that your, your, um, your friend um, who lived in the same small town as you, and I had met him earlier at the previous Camp Indy, John. And what I find so interesting is his, his, he often talks about being curious mm. and exploring the world with a curious mind. And I know that from the sounds of it, you, you're just so curious about what you, you, you share that passion of being curious and open to what's, what's out there, what, what we, what the world you know, has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um, something unique that John and I share being from um, small town in rural Kansas that I, I shared with him at camp during your Sharon Tales that um, he was kind of the first person who inspired me to travel because I thought, well, if he can leave the country, I can do it too. Yeah. Uh, he's got nothing on me. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but he inspired Ears. me. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. That was, that was so. He's had. So... <laughs> he's had amazing experiences. He's got a lot on me, actually. Um, oh my! But yeah, God. it was a really neat opportunity for me to um, to share that with him in that setting, because um, that that's what's kept us connected in our adult lives is our love of travel and that curiosity. And now, curiosity is his tagline for I his know. company. And it's just so fitting. It is. And, you know, my experience in Mauritius, a lot of what I was thinking was, who who do I want to be? What do I want to do with my career? What am I good at? How can I serve people, but also make a living, right? Yeah. And I started to realize at that time that corporate training was something I loved. That's what I was doing there. Um, and I was doing a lot of coaching and mentoring, volunteering, Um always in my life. And so I started to really kind of realize that this is how I can use my gifts and, and what I'm passionate and excited about to um, have a career that I actually really love. And I don't have to dread work, which I had had experiences of before. Right. <laughs> and so now I'm a, an executive leadership coach. And one of the foundational principles is be curious. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's difficult to be a coach and meet people where they're at and have that warmth and, and um, bring the best out of them. If you go into it with judgment, or if you don't go into it with a curious mindset, ready to ask deeper questions and help them explore and challenge, um, you know, their mindsets, mindsets and beliefs around things. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting because all of that information is woven into this material, right? Mm. Um, yes. I think of, of all of these things and my life's journey over the last 20 <clears throat> ish years, um, <laughs> since my early twenties, when I was so lost and how beautiful this journey has been for me in exploration and figuring out, um, 
who I want to become and how. Yeah. And how, how you've already become, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not like there's no end in it. There's no, you know, yeah. So before we move on to sharing with the listeners a bit more about the work that you do and how they can find them, though, as I mentioned previously, there is one. I love that your mother was like, how are, how are you going to take care of these things? And so she, the minute, you know, that was her thing. How do you preserve these, this, these beautiful garments like how do you how are you going to do that so she asked you right away and you have a comforter bag for them um but one of the questions I ask all my guests is have you thought about who you would want to inherit or be gifted these beautiful um stories that are and sorries uh but the, yeah, the good one right <laughs> yeah so. Um, I love that you asked that question and, um, shout out to my mom for always being prepared of the things I don't think about. This is very <laughs> similarly. Um, you, you asked that question to your guests and I thought, Oh, that's an interesting question. I guess I should think about this. Um, I think my answer is my goddaughter. She's, um, she's little right now. She's only three years old. Um, but I'm hoping that I can continue to have a good relationship with her throughout her life. She is Mauritian, but growing up, she was born here in the States and growing up in D.C. And um, her parents do a great job of teaching their kids about Mauritian culture and cooking Mauritian foods and things. Um, but I would love to be able to share that with her. I think their kids, as they're getting older, they understand that I lived in Mauritius and what the connection is um, with Auntie Beth, who's obviously not an auntie um, <laughs> or a biological auntie. And, um, and so, yeah, I think it would be really cool to be able to share these with her. So she would have a little, um, touch of home that hopefully one day she'll get to experience a little sense of home there on the Island as well. Oh, wow. I love that idea. I would love, and, and, you know, have sort of a photo shoot, you know, with yeah. her, oh you know, right. Uh, it would just yes. be so amazing. So great idea. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is lovely. That is, sounds wonderful. Three years old. It's going to be a few years before she'll fit into those, but, um, yeah. but it's possible, uh, down yeah. the road as, as hopefully. She yeah, exactly. Wow, Cause you're, you're still, get, you're still traveling with them. So, and there's still yeah. part of your collection. So exactly. Uh, that bring you, cause I can tell from the minute we, we started talking and they were behind you. It just like you just light, lighten up. Like you just are smiling and very, you know, it brings out a lot of warmth. So, which I felt when I met you in at uh, Camp Indy. So, so thank you. Thank you. So um, now you had talked about um, your work a little bit and how yeah. it connected to these saris and your experience in the world. Let's um, take a moment to share with our li the listeners, our listeners, um, more about the work that you do and how they can um, find out more about about you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Um, as I said, I'm an executive leadership coach. I launched my practice full time uh, in January of 2022. So I'm about a year and a half in of of 
not being employed full-time by another uh, entity, which is a goal that I was working towards for several years. Um, and part of it was because after my time in Mauritius, it kept me traveling and curious about the world. And I thought, man, I can't be tied down to a nine to five. I, I need more freedom. I need to be able to travel without permission um, and work from wherever I am. So here I am testing that out. Um, but the other thing is, you know, as I explained, my journey was very much digging into who am I? What are my values as an adult, you know, separate from how my parents raised me, which was wonderfully. Um, but now I'm an individual. I'm an adult. And who am I? What matters to me? And how do I incorporate that into my everyday life? Right. And live as a person of integrity, which is my number one core value. And um, what I want to do is help other people recognize the same and help other people kind of go on that journey of self-exploration and figuring out who, who is my true self and how I want to show up. Because I think that's how we can live our happiest, most peaceful, most rewarding life. And you don't have to move to a tiny island in the Indian Ocean to do it, like I was lucky enough to do. You can do it from right where you are in your home in middle America. You don't have to have a huge dream of traveling the world or launching your own business. Maybe you are living a lot of your dream raising kids. Um, and maybe there's more that you can dare to dream. And so that's a lot of what fuels my passion behind what I do is just helping other folks kind of take that same inner journey and dig a little bit deeper so that we don't have any regrets, hopefully, when our last days come and we can live this one life we know we have to hopefully to the fullest. Oh, that's amazing. That is. Thanks. Yes. And, and I, I think that we, um, the thing that I, I love so much about the location indie community, the, that, um, that Travis and, uh, Jason started and now it's Travis's, um, I love so much about them and I heard it in your, your recent, um, message as well is you don't have to follow a certain path there, you know, that is the biggest, um, the biggest thing that, you know, connects me with location indie and would connect me with you is that there are many paths. The whole point is to make sure that you feel you're living your best life. You're enjoying the heck out of it. Cause it, we, it's, we only have this, this time that we know of, right. Yeah. But at least we know we have it and we're lucky if we are able to grow old and older and um, to, you know, seize the, this, this, this beautiful life that we have. So I love that you Absolutely. talk about, you know, if you're, um, if you have so many pieces that are a beautiful life, but you're feeling like there's something else, there's something, you know, you have that nagging feeling. Um, that there's something more, you're not sure what it is, but there's something more than it sounds like you would be a great partner to enter that exploration with. So, yeah, thank you. I, I really hope to be the safe space that folks can come to and talk through that stuff with and figure out um, how do we reach towards that? How do we create an action plan? Right. Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought up the concept of, you know, the different journeys. There's not one prescribed 
way that you're intended to live your life and follow all the correct steps in the right order. Because when I share my stories about Mauritius and um, backpacking around Africa after I left Mauritius and all these amazing opportunities I've had, now I can share it with a big smile and, and talk about all the best stuff. But at the time, there were a lot of times I felt felt like a failure. I felt like I wasn't where I should be mm. at this age. Um, I turned 30, you know, right shortly after I left Mauritius. And, um, you know, by 30, I should, 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 right? I should have done this. I should have this much money. I should have hit these life milestones. And um, and now when I look back, I think, man, what a shame uh, that I was kind of drowning in that feeling of failure at the time when I couldn't see all these amazing, incredible gifts I had around me. And I just don't want other people to have to feel that way. Um, and so I want to help other folks understand that there's no real rules, you know, there's obviously there's moral code, right? Um, but there's yeah. no, nothing that says that we we should. And we tend to put that heaviness on ourselves a lot or society or whoever it is putting it on us. And I think we can work through that together. So absolutely. I, I love this, that idea. I always joke about, you know, stop, you know, stop shooting on me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and the worst is when you sh we should on ourselves, you know. So right, that's uh, exactly right. <laughs> I use that expression a lot with my clients. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we that is a very common human um, experience um, for sure. So now, so where can people find out more about you? Like, where can yeah. they? Where where do you hang out? Like, and where can people find out more about you? Where can I <laughs> hang out? Um, I spend a lot of time in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Bogota, Colombia right now. You can find me at a local coffee shop or anywhere that has live music or some kind of arts. Um, but I have a website, elizabethlenher.com. Um, and I use my formal name for my website because... In Mauritius, I was an accent coach and I was um, learning how difficult the American E and the American TH can be. And it was just much easier to go by Elizabeth when I was there. Uh, so to be globally friendly, I use my formal name for my business, but I go by Beth or Elizabeth. So you can find me on LinkedIn uh, or Facebook as Beth. My YouTube channel is under my business name, elizabethlenhair.com. So not to be confusing, just to be inclusive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, we are, we always make adjustments for, you know, like yeah. children learning our names and, you know, different cultures and different, you know, languages and you just make it, make an adjustment. So exactly. Um, yeah. So that is wonderful. Well, I thank you so much, Beth, for you. joining me, sharing the stories of your beautiful saris um, and how they ended up, um, you know, in retrospect, because like you said, you know, at the time you might not have seen, you experienced the whole thing, but in retro retrospect, they started you or, or really really reinforced your journey to where you are now, yeah. uh, offering the important healing work in the world that you do. So uh, a real pleasure, a real pleasure. Likewise. I've met you and to have you be my guest. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Things That Matter with Marty McNabb.
I want to invite you to join me for virtual show and tales or AKA things that matter that I offer almost on a monthly basis. So that's on Zoom. Um, and I also want to say that if you're looking to build deeper connections, community and legacy with your family, with your friends, with your teammates, your employees, your donors, volunteers or alumni, reach out to me so that I can host a special story sharing gathering about the things that matter to your community. So that you can find on my website and you will find all of this information about Elizabeth and where to find her and what she's up to and um, all of that on in the show notes. So thanks again, everyone for listening and uh, watching and have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.